0: it is. it is. It is. It's that official time when we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up, surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in in area like landscape, definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes. It's a mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was the nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his hip but he really could have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. oh uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Uh, turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. The pancake and Power Slam Show, uh, turn it up!
1: You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show by Crave Wrestling, On Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling. And join the
0: Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling.
1: Episode 199. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on the road to 200. Next week will be the 200th episode. And on this road to 200, we will continue to bring you the hottest, talent in all of the world and speaking of the world we're going a little bit of Lou Cha on you and I am so excited to introduce to you our guests first of all of course I am Chris Featherstone your host as always follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and on Facebook at Crave Wrestling and we will just continue to give you Action-packed, wonderful, wonderful content every week. Thank you so much for your support. Amazing numbers last week, and we got some announcements for you. But, But without further ado, we're going to go a little Lucha on you and introduce the inaugural Lucha Underground champion, unfortunately the former champion now, but... We'll talk a little bit about it and what's going on and what's the future, what the future holds. I would like to bring to you right now, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, Ricochet, A.K.A. Prince Puma. How are you tonight, sir? I'm actually doing pretty good right now. Awesome! It's, it's great to have you. I appreciate uh, you being available for us tonight, and um, no I appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. So, a lot of people know about you, and there's some who don't. So let's uh, take a bit of a history lesson of who you are and how you developed to be such an amazing wrestler, uh, such a highly acclaimed wrestler. So let's go all the way back to when you started. So let let them uh, let everybody know when you started, and who trained you, and what inspired you to become a professional wrestler.
2: Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, um, okay, well. I had, um. honestly, like, everybody always has the story. Everybody, like, or at least, I don't know everybody, but most people that I know, most of my friends, most wrestlers that I know, they're always like, you know, I wanted to be a wrestler since I was two years old or whatever, you know. But um, my my story really isn't like that. Whenever I was, like, I always played football whenever I was younger. Like, I played football from when I was, like, three or maybe four even. I don't know. I was really young. Little kitty football, you know, all the way until I was, like, I don't know, I guess I started wrestling. I started wrestling at 14. So I, wrestled, I played football for quite some time. I always liked wrestling. I never... You know, from what I can remember as a kid, I always liked it. But, um, and me and my friends would joke around, obviously. And we'd was like, oh, we're going to be tag team champions one day. I never really thought that was true or even really, I was just playing around with my friends. But then, um, one day, it's really weird. One day, um, my best friend at the time, his dad knew a guy who owned, like, the supermarket. And at the supermarket, there was this kid that worked there who was a wrestler. And so my buddy's dad was like, hey, I could probably get you guys tickets to this wrestling show. And they we're like, all oh, right, yeah, that would be cool. Let's do it. And so uh, they got some tickets to this show, and it was, like, just a small little show. And, um, I mean, they were in someone's backyard, but, like, the only thing that didn't... The only thing... The only reason they were in the backyard was because they didn't have a building. They had, like... Conce- I say concessions, but it was like hot dogs and chips and things like that, and sodas and mm-hmm. stuff that they sold. And they had like they had pretty cool like school bus seats, like two or three rows surrounding the ring. So it was just like a little bit of like cool little thing. And one of the guys took like carpentry or something, and he like in high school, and he made like this cool little entranceway. So they had everything, they just didn't have a building. And that's and it was called Chaos Pro Wrestling in Brookport, Illinois. It's probably about as far south as you can get in Illinois. But, um, yeah, we went to the show, and it was really fun for us. You know, we're watching these kids do cool stuff. And then I um, say kids, they're all, like, five years older than us. But whatever, it's busy doing it. Then they asked me and my friend uh, if we wanted to, like, stay after and play around in the ring or whatever. And we're like, yeah, sure, it would be cool. And we get in the ring, and they saw that we were, like, pretty athletic. And they asked if we wanted to start training and we were like, Oh I mean I guess we can, sure, why not? And uh-huh. just like like that, like instantly I was like, Oh man, this is like really fun. And uh even then like I never thought, Oh, I'm gonna be in the W W F one day, I'm gonna be in the W W E or I never thought that. I was just there because it was fun We these guys were cool and you know, it was something to do. Mhm. And then uh it just went from there. Like I trained for almost a year, maybe a year. Then on my birthday, uh October eleventh, two thousand and three, we had a show and they were like, You wanna be on it? And like you can be like your what your first day or whatever and we're like, Yeah, it would be great and so that was my very first match and it was it was not good, obviously. But <laughs> then like again things just went from there.
1: Wow. You know what? And it's so funny because you said something about, you know, people have their types of stories like, yeah, I was looking at this person. I wanted to be that guy. That's a very unique story that you just gave as far as just you, you were just at the right place at the right time. Opportunity really present presented itself. The opportunity to For become sure. a wrestler really presented itself to you as opposed to you presenting yourself to wrestling. So that's absolutely Amazing. Was, was yeah. there anybody as a kid that you kind of emulated to try to when you first started was like there a particular style that you wanted to mimic or was it just, oh, well, you know, trial sure, and there? Like,
2: because again, like at, especially at this time, I didn't know there was Japanese wrestling. I didn't know there mm-hmm. was Mexican wrestling. I didn't even know there were other indies as you would call them, like in the United States. All I knew was, like, WWE, or at the time, WWF, you know? So, um, yeah, like, obviously, like, I knew, like, WCW, too. So I knew, like, my famous Studios and that because he could do all the cool flips. Obviously, that's all I like, liked. I liked uh, the Hardy Boys and, like, those guys. And obviously, like, my favorite wrestler is The Rock. He just always, I was always watching, My was always on the TV whenever he was on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, and so at the time, I didn't have the charisma the Rock had because I was, like, this, like, little kid, little skinny kid. I didn't think I was even cool. So I was just watching, trying to emulate, like, Ram Studio and do flips and head scissors and stuff. Like, so he definitely is one of the guys. Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. those guys are definitely, like, the guys who, I guess, especially at first. I
1: was like those guys. Wow! So you mentioned Chaos Pro Wrestling, um, and how did the name how did the name Ricochet come about?
2: Uh, I guess it just kind of I don't know because the day was coming up for our first show, you know, and so we're all trying to figure out our names, and my friend. <laughs> My friend, because it was going to be a triple threat because there were, like, three of us. Anyways, my friend, he was, uh, he had, like, this blue, like, jumpsuit thing with, like, a mechanics-like thing it looked like. It was, like, blue. And then he had this, like, blue mask that he ordered off the Internet. It was, I think it was a cat mask, some sort of cat mask. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he was kind going to call himself Kana Azul. It was, like, blue cat. And at the time, he thought it was cool, but looking back, it was really funny.
3: <laughs> and
2: then I had a bunch of names written down. I, I can't remember any of them at the moment, but one of them was Ricochet. And I, I remember not really wanting Ricochet, for one, because I think Mucha Lucha was on at the time, people thinking I was copying that. But then, mm. I don't know, I kind, of, I kind of always wanted, like, a two-named name, like, for example, Johnny Gargano, or Chuck Taylor, or something like that. Rich Swan. So I was trying to think of a cool 2 named name, and I just could not never think of one. And finally, the day came, and everyone's like, "Just pick ricochet. It's pretty cool, and the definition fits your flippy stuff and all that stuff." And I was like, "Man, all right. I guess I'll, I guess I'll choose that." Mm-hmm. And then I didn't. Again, I didn't even really want it, and for a long time, I didn't really like it, but. I'm glad I fixed it. I'm really glad. Actually, I really like it to this day now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it works. I mean, you know, a dozen years later, people certainly know why your name is Ricochet because it totally describes your wrestling style for sure. So So what
2: was your name? At first, I really didn't want it. I, I really was like, man, I don't want to be Ricochet. Right, right.
1: And, again, Ricochet presented itself to you. You didn't sure, embrace yeah. it in the beginning, and then now you embrace Crazy. it. Again, it just goes with this story. Mm-hmm. Just the, 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 the wow. 180. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting there. So what was your first major break? You you, you battled as Ricochet. I know that you were doing some stuff in the IWA, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, actually, because uh, I guess I was really trained by a bunch of people. It wasn't just like one person, but one of them was like Chuck Taylor. He helped train me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a there's a guy there. His, his name's Will, but he went by Kid Sinister. <laughs> but uh, he helped train me a lot. A guy named uh, Brandon Thunderbolt Walker. He helped train me a lot. But um. Chuck Taylor, he always made, like, the music videos because uh, he, like, went to school for, like, editing and stuff. So he would always make these videos of all the guys and stuff, and he would, like, just put them on YouTube or send them out, and he would always play his email at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And really, I can remember, like, the first, like, named company at the time that we worked for, or at least I worked for, this is all I can remember, was uh, IPW in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Be pro wrestling. Me and Chuck Taylor and some of the guys, we went there for a couple shows, you know, doing our thing. And then that's when Ian Rotten had got a hold of us because he saw some of, us, some of our stuff in that. And he asked us to come to be Mid-South. And we were like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be freaking great. So we started doing that to be Mid-South. And then from there into like CZW and Jakarta and here and there and started doing all this stuff within like the same year. And it just blew up like insane.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: what I can remember is IPW in Indianapolis, Indiana.
1: IPW. So that's uh that's yeah. your, your mon- monumental, uh, I guess your pivotal moment uh, that really kind of launched you up to the more uh, better opportunities is what you're saying, right?
2: Yeah, kind of like because uh, the first, cause I did a bunch of like Tennessee and Illinois and Indiana shows, but I never did anything that was like considered real cool in the indies. And I think mm-hmm. like that was one of the first like real cool ones that I remember doing. Wow.
1: Anybody yeah. in particular you remember going against?
2: Well, I mean, I, most of the time it was always just Chuck Taylor. I wrestled Chuck yes. Taylor. Three hundred times, but no. uh, I had some good matches with uh, Dave and Jake Christ, who were the Irish Airborne. Those guys, mm-hmm. they were, we had we had real good ones. Russell, uh, Billy Rock a whole bunch of times. He's a guy from around the Indianapolis area. Um, I had some good ones there with. At least, I mean, like they probably aren't good now, but at the time, I remember being like, "Oh, that wasn't bad," but going back and yeah. watching now, I'm sure they were horrible. <laughs> mean Kyle O'Reilly had one there.
1: Oh Kyle O'Reilly, ROH, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: AR Fox had a pretty good one there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Yeah, that was a that was a fun little company.
1: And what year were you here?
2: Oh man, it had to be
1: two thousand
2: and five maybe. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Because I think that's... I started with IWA in like 2006. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that's a that's that was a pretty interesting transition there. So you went to from IPW uh, to I IWA, and you mentioned okay. uh, uh, Combat Zone CZW, and of course, uh, two of the best prodigies that came out of there, of course, was John Moxley. Now the Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose and former ROH yeah. Champion Adam Cole, uh, did you go against any uh, either one of those? Either one of them in, uh, in CZW? Uh,
2: not in CZW, but I've I wrestled John Moxley in IWA. Mm-hmm. And then I wrestled Adam Cole in Evolve.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, Evolve, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, who are now partnering with the WWE? Interestingly, so. Yeah, uh, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) very, very crazy. Um, Yeah, but so your your time in CZW, let us know a little bit more about that. Of course, a lot of people don't know what Combat Zone is. You know, it's definitely more of a hardcore style, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, hardcore, a lot of foreign objects and, and things like that. Uh, oh yeah. Was it was it was it tough for you to kind of integrate in that style, or did you fit right in? Oh no,
2: because well, CZW is it's known for ultra violence, but it actually had some really good wrestlers on the on the show too. It was just like a yeah, really diverse, actually a really diverse show because they had the hot flying, and the hardcore, they had the strong style. They they really had it all. But in my time at CZW is actually pretty short. I can only think of like maybe six, seven times I've ever I wrestled there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I don't, like, I don't really know why, but yeah, I, I think my mm-hmm. time at CZW is pretty short. Mostly because I think I, I was doing Chikara a lot back then, and I don't know. I just remember doing more Chikara than any CZW.
1: Yeah. So yeah, let's but, talk um, about let's talk about Chikara for a little bit. So. You know, okay. of course a lot of b a lot Chakara, you know, with C Z W you got more, you know, a hardcore style, ultraviolence violence so you know but with Chakara is more like an integration, it's more of like a a focus of characters. They're they're very character yeah. heavy. And very um you know, two two prodigies, two, two, two big names that came from Ch uh, Chakara, there's been a few, but uh, Chris Hero and, and uh Claudio Castagnoli, which is now you know Cesaro,
2: Cesaro. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, did you did you go against any of them, or what? What names that a lot of people know That's now? Yes. That, okay, uh,
3: go ahead.
2: One of my first like really like big matches was against them over Claudio, and it was it was wild. He was like throwing me all over the place,
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially because at the time I couldn't have weighed one hundred and twenty, hundred fifteen pounds. And Claudio was literally the strongest person on the earth. So he was throwing me all over. But it was really cool, and I was real nervous, I remember. But at the, end, like, at the end, it was a really, really good match, especially for me at the time. Probably because Claudio yeah. was in there making it real good.
1: And then I yeah. remember I
2: wrestled Chris in Hellertown, Pennsylvania. And I remember being so nervous on that one, too. I was like, man, no,
3: he's going to hit me so hard.
2: But he was, like, the best. He was so good.
1: So, what do you think about, as far as Claudio is concerned? You know, there's been so many times where the WWE, uh, you know, has had that opportunity to really push him and make him a main event star. Do you think the WWE's dropped the ball on that? And and what do you think? What do you think about Claudio that is hurting him from getting a push? Um, I don't
2: know if they dropped the ball or not. Um, I mean, they've obviously they make millions and millions of dollars, like, so, I mean, they've obviously done something right there with what they're doing, and he's still got a job there, and they're, they are still using him. I'm, who knows if they're using him right or wrong? I mean, he's still getting over, he's getting his cheers, he's getting his money, he's getting, you know, everything. Unfortunately, he's hurt right now, but when he comes back, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really don't know if they're using him right or wrong. Like, of course, like, he's my friend. I want to see him champion. I want to see him do everything, but you know, there's always a a path for everybody, and maybe he just hasn't hit his yet. But I think eventually, like the talent will outshine everything, and people will see like how good he really is, and maybe they'll use him more. But
1: like I yeah, say, he he's just yeah, had he so many know. opportunities. Like he's so over, and his I mean his his wrestling alone is just uh, is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, the WWE, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough to, to see a lot of times, you know, how they book Cesaro because, you know, he'll be on such a high and such a, uh, you know, a good upper direction and he'll just start losing a bunch of matches. So a lot of times, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a big Cesaro fan. I, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the, in the galaxy.
0: Oh, but, yeah, you know, it's, sure.
1: it's it's tough. You know, it's tough to see that a lot of times. So, you know, you are talking about your size, you were a, a slinky guy, you know, when you first came and yeah, of course, you know, you got some some uh some some depth and some muscle mass uh, over the years. Yeah, you looked you looked a lot of uh, girth, yeah, that's that's uh the word I was thinking about too. I was about to say that. <laughs> but uh cheeseburger, you look you looked a lot of like cheeseburger from our O. he probably weighed more than me. <laughs> you, you, more cheeseburger than weighed more than you do. Oh, that's that's a lot too. <laughs> I was I mean, I was
2: just really skinny, man. So skinny. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So, what but, was the uh, transformation yeah. like? What What did you do to, you know, to to actually have some a, a good size from from being skinny?
2: Well, uh, that started. It really started when I uh, went to Japan for the first couple of times back in like 2010. Yeah, I got there and uh, I was, you know, Peck who was now Adrian Neville. Mm-hmm. was over there with me and. Since from being over there, I guess he just had this such a business mind. He was like, "We're here for business, to wrestle and work out and become the best we can." And so that kind of, especially until then, I I can I kind of always just wrestled. I like I loved it at the time, but I didn't. I guess I really didn't know how much I did until I started going to Japan and really focusing on wrestling Mm -hmm. and becoming the best I can be. That's when I really was like oh, uh, I'm actually, like, pretty decent at this, like, and I slowly, like, started just loving. I mean, again, like I said, I always loved it when I, when I was in the ring in wrestling, but not until I started going to Japan that I just really, I guess, fall in love with it. And like mm-hmm. I said, I, I was Paco was in such that business mind, you want to be the best, and I was like, I want to be the best, too, so I started working out, and we, like, worked out and diet and wrestled and ate and worked out and, like, just became the best we could be. and it's like He has a big, a crucial part in helping me, like, get to the gym and learn more about all that, too.
1: Yeah, because, so, you know, yeah. Pac or, or Neville was the same way because he was very, very, very skinny, too, you yeah, know, exactly. when he started Neville. off. Yeah, and he, and he got, uh, he's pretty, pretty jacked up now. How long oh, yeah. did it take I mean how long did it take for that regimen to really produce results?
2: Well um, like I said when I first went in two thousand and ten I was like hundred and thirty pounds, hundred and thirty five maybe. And now I'm sitting at like one ninety five, one ninety six. Mm. So I mean it was just like it's just been a slow process like it's been every since then it's just been a slow process I've been gaining but I mean Within the first, like, couple tours, I could I start seeing a bit more size here and there. Mm-hmm. Some of the, like, guys were like, oh, you got a little bit bigger. And I'm like, really, I didn't notice. But I guess in the first couple months, if you're really serious about it and you eat enough and you work out enough and you get enough rest, like,
1: we'll start seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah and we and we've seen that you know like i said with the with the few wrestlers yourself and of course Neville. um yeah so basically let's uh let's talk about your time uh in uh in Takara a little bit more as far as uh was it helios oh yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> so you were a mass wrestler uh and then uh, there were some some issues that uh Basically, you won something. How did that come about? Basically, they revealed that you were Ricochet. And, and how did that storyline come about?
2: Well, um, again, because I only wrestled Chuck Taylor at the time, Chuck Taylor and I had a bunch of like matches together. And I think we were the finals of uh, the Young Lions Cup one year. And he ended up winning the Young Lions Cup. But then... I I guess I think I challenged him to a match. Well maybe he challenged me to the match. He was like, I'll give you another shot or something but the loser can never show their face in Shakara again. And obviously I accepted. we had the match and I ended up losing so Ricochet can never show his face in Shakara again. And then I think I was gone for two or three months or something, but I was gone for a couple of shows and finally I came back and I was in this Helios gimmick and he was like no that's Ricochet, that's Ricochet and everyone in the crowd obviously plays along and they were saying no we don't know who this is this is the first time i ever seen him it was pretty cool and then I came back at Helios and I won the cup and there's a cool whole story about how Chip Taylor is becoming crazy saying that Helios is Ricochet and people were like no he's not and it was pretty cool though but then yeah. I, yeah, I eventually came back and I won the cup from him and
1: yeah. yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cause that, that reminds me of, um, I, I am a, just a big wrestling history. I remember the machines back in the eighties and how when Andre the giant was, um, giant machine and, you know, Bobby Heenan when they came in as the machines, you know, him and, uh, um, you know, big machine and super machine
0: uh, yeah.
1: Blackjack Mulligan and and um, uh, uh, who be, became Demolition Axe, um, so, yeah and, and yeah just that whole it was it was that whole gimmick too you know Heenan was like yeah you know that's Andre the Giant you know fire him fire him you know and people were just not yeah people were just playing to like I don't know who that is you know yeah, just know, I mean, yeah. it was just like Andre the Giant so yeah it was it was I love stuff like that I, that's. It was a pretty interesting. I like how y'all brought the tradition of that, you know, to to a storyline. It was
2: really cool. Oh yeah, that was all quack. He was like, like genius when it came to stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you went to uh, evolve in, in uh, DG uh, USA. So yeah, um, let us know your your about your time in, in Dragon Gate. What what's uh, some of the best matches you remember having?
2: Oh man, there's there's like, well I don't even know if they're my best best matches, but there's just something I'm just connected with that I just love so much. There's like so many that even count. Like uh, I had I know two or three or four of just ones I can remember was Pac or whatever. No, now I dreamed that. Well, I had some with Shima, Doi. I remember me and Shima tagged against. Peck and Yoshino. Uh, one of them was a couple of years ago. I wrestled Johnny Gargano in Dragon Gate USA for the Freedom Gate title. I really enjoyed that one. I mm-hmm. um, oh, mean, there's, there's so many, really.
1: You I were a heel in Dragon Gate, right?
2: Uh, I was for a, for a cool minute. I was in Blood Warriors. Mm-hmm. And we were like, uh just Big stable dudes that were taking over Dragon Gate for a while. Yeah.
1: How was it being a heel?
2: Oh, it's great. I mean, it's it's great. I wish, I wish I could have done it later in Dragon Gate, especially in Japan, being a heel. Because later, like after Blood Warriors, I was just always a face. Yeah. And I wish I could have. I wish I could have. They would let me turn. It would have been so so much more fun. I think once they you know got more connected with me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had some time in uh, too, right? Uh, of, course of course, a lot of people know, you know, pro wrestling guerrilla. You know, the Roderick oh, yeah. Strongs and the Joey Ryan's, and uh, of course the El Genericos and Brian Cages of this world. Uh, so, what are some what are some no- notable times you you've had in PWG?
2: And actually, my first match in PWG was against Claudio.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, and that wow. one
2: was that was except for that one was really good, except for there was one point in the match when I was supposed to do a springboard like Dragon Rana, but instead I springboard front foot like drop kicked him right in the eyeball and it like oh. swole up and it was like black and blue and I felt so bad.
1: Wow.
3: But
2: uh, <laughs> other than that, the match was really good. Mm. And then I wrestled. <laughs> I wrestled El Generico there, and it was great. I remember, I remember just getting wrestled like some like really, really like top indie dudes. And it was just so much fun and so mm-hmm. so much of a learning experience.
1: Have you ever been uh, the recipient of the El Generico's Brain Buster? Oh yes. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. <laughs> I think I, something happened. Boom and. I know started bleeding a little bit too after one of them. I don't know what
1: happened. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's great to see you know people like Claudio and and uh, Generico. Steam, you know, he was in PWG yeah. as well. You know, those oh, yeah. are they, they. All three of them became very important and prominent. You know, players in NXT, and, uh, and of course, Steen, You know, he he became. Uh, you know, intercontinental champion and had a really good run uh NXT mm-hmm. too. Uh, Sammy, he became NXT champion, Sami Zayn or El Generico became yeah. uh, NXT champion. So, you know, is it, is it something that you kind of desire uh, to, to be in the WWE or to be in NXT at all?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, definitely one day it would be cool. Um, but, Right now, there's a there's a lot of things I want to do. There's, like, a lot of things I want to do with New Japan still. Uh, there's a lot of places I still kind of want to go. And uh, there's just a couple of things I want to do before I go down that road. But um, definitely one day I would like to be there for sure.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. And you're still in your 20s, so there's there's a lot of time to go, you know, with, with yeah. you. Um, so as far as, you know, things that you still want to do, you, you mentioned new Japan. So, um, you know, you were a part of, first of all, last year, you were part of, uh, the, the junior, uh, cup and, uh, the, the tag team, uh, and, and you won it with, uh, with, uh, yeah, Matt. Yeah. And I interviewed him a few weeks ago and, uh, and then you had a, such an amazing match, um, at Wrestle Kingdom ten, which I can just continue to put over, I, I just absolutely loved that pay per view. I yeah, think was a I good was, a, one. yeah, it was because the thing is, I loved nine, I loved Wrestle Kingdom nine, and yeah. I mean, yeah. I I really didn't think, I really didn't know rather that New Japan could top nine, but but New Japan yeah. did when it topped with ten. Ten was absolutely an incredible pay per view, and you had you know the pleasure to open that. Uh, in the four uh, yeah. way with uh I think it was you and Matt Seidel against uh, uh Vice, uh the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, and right? Red Dragon, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So how how was it being in how was it being in the Tokyo Dome and, and, and competing at Wrestle Kingdom?
2: Uh yeah, uh insane. We got yeah. to, uh, we we got to the building, you know, earlier in the day and let let us and I'm just walking around and looking and it was the biggest thing on planet Earth, it felt like, at least. I was just, pick- I was just, not picturing, but just looking at all the seats and I was in the middle of the ring, like, looking, man, it was such a big place. And then as soon as we, like, me and Matt walked out of the curtain and, and we were on the ramp and then we seen all the people filled up and all the seats, it was, oh, man, it was crazy. <laughs> like, you know, this is what it's about, like, Oh man, it's like exactly what you would hope for, you know. It's what you want to do, and I don't know, man. It's hard to even describe. I'm like stumbling over my words. It's hard to even describe. It was just so cool. Yeah. And The, the fact that we got to open that like, WrestleMania tent, uh, Wrestle Kingdom tent, sorry. Um,
1: yeah.
2: It was like it's like a it's like a privilege, really, man.
1: Yeah, that's a good uh, way to think about it. Yeah, as much like as you've accomplished. Yeah, it's a, as much as you've accomplished, you know, to to still say that humble is definitely, I uh, definitely admirable. So speaking of uh, WrestleMania, you kind of slipped there, but uh, I did want to bring that up a little bit because you were talking about just you know big names and big lights. So if there's if you had a, if you had an opportunity to, to compete at WrestleMania 32, who on the active roster would you compete against?
2: Is this like singles match or tag team match or what?
1: Whatever you want to do. Oh,
2: hmm. I don't know. That's, a, that's kind of a hard question. But um, I guess if we were going singles match, if I had a choice I would pick, I'd like to have a match with Sami Zayn. Hmm. I would, we that going, would just tear the roof off. I would <laughs> love that. Yeah. If we're going tag team match, maybe me and Rich Swan versus, oh, man, it's so hard. There's so many cool people, dude. Maybe Apollo Crews and maybe Neville.
1: Mm. That will once again tear the (laughs) the house. house. for uh, sure yeah so so you yeah, mentioned like cruz that. you mentioned cruz what where, where do you see his future in the WWE? oh
2: man he can do anything he wants to man he's the best he's like there's no there's no limit for him Cause and really this is based like on a superstar
1: this, yeah this is based on your experience with him and just watching him over the years
2: yes uh I was there in his, his very first Dragon USA tryout match. It was like I was. Dude, dude didn't even have what fifty dollars to his name to pay for the tryout. And look at him now—he like owns the world. Like, wow. and he's and, and along that whole time, he's still like the nicest guy possible. He's uh, wow. he's, he's a really cool dude. Yeah, he's awesome.
1: And yeah, he deserves,
2: that is. He deserves everything.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I've been real big on Apollo Cruz or UHA Nation. Um, just, you know, years ago, I started following uh, his work. And, uh, yeah, just an amazing arsenal, mo- amazing moveset. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have think one that- of my
2: favorite matches in Gate I've ever had, too.
1: Really? Okay. What year was this? Yeah. Um,
2: 2014, maybe?
1: Okay, so we had uh, relatively
2: recently. It when I was when I was Dream Dreamgate champion we mm-hmm. had a match at Cork and we were the like the main event.
3: It wow, was the first
2: nice. ever first ever like foreigner versus foreigner Dreamgate main event title mm-hmm. match like that Dragon Gate's ever
1: had. So oh, the, uh, God, the the Gaigians uh rules <laughs> night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rule of the night, yeah, the guys. Yeah. And
2: then even then, like they were they were kinda of nervous about it. But it was it was so cool because uh Shima called us up to the front and he showed us this little sign and he said that the sign said uh no vacancy, like sold out. Mhm. So like even though like, because they were kinda of worried about, you know, the foreigner if this foreigner for the, the main belt wouldn't be much, you know, they they were just worried, but they were so proud and you know, it sold out and we were like, Oh crap, like that's insane. I don't know, it was just a cool feeling. Yeah.
1: Yeah that's yeah. that's awesome. Uh nation, yeah. I mean yeah, just I mean just on paper, you know, Rick Ricochet versus, you know, well Uha Nation at the time, you know, that's uh just on paper that that's a stellar match, so Lastly, let's uh, let's talk about some Lucha Underground for, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. So how in the world did the producers of Lucha Underground, how did they recruit you? Why you? Like, what did they say about you? Honestly, this is that,
2: probably a pretty crazy story, too.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, this is a pretty crazy story, too. Uh, Conan had actually been trying to hit me up. For, like, a long time, I remember Conan calling me all the time, calling me, calling me, calling me. And he's telling me about this new thing. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know what we're to say? We got uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez and Mark Brunette, uh, you know, the guy who made, like, Survivor and Shark Tank and every show basically ever invented on cable. And then uh, he just keeps telling me about this Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground. And I, at first I kept saying, uh, yeah, cool, maybe I'll think about it. But in my head I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do it. And, I mean, he called me for, like, months, and I just kept saying, well, I I kept saying, yeah, I'll think about it, I'll think about it, maybe, maybe, but in my head, I was like, no, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. And because, I don't know if you remember Wrestling Society X.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that. So,
2: like, really cool concept, like, bad delivery, you know? Right. And that's what I thought this was going to be. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that again, like. When people think of me, I don't want them to think of something bad or I don't know, you know. Yeah,
3: just a failed so project. Saying.
2: Yeah, but like it had a really cool concept, like edgy and like something new, like really cool concept. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and all the wrestlers were good. They had like Matt Sydal and people and Jack Adams, and some of the Dragon Gate guys. Coco Band they had so many good people, but you know, it's not. Speaking, ball, yeah, it's speaking
1: just, of uh, Lucha Underground, they had Vampiro.
2: Yeah, they had Vampiro. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I was just worried, and I kept saying no. And then uh, finally, one time I uh, I was out for PWG, and they had called me to like one like, of offices, and uh, one of the guys who helped me and He helped. He like pulled me in one of the offices, and they like, had a meeting with me, and like told me, showed me all these like skits and all these pictures and told me the whole plan, what they're going to do with it and I was like pretty interested and they took me to the set of where it's going to be and they, they had like the temple, you know and they were showing me around, it looked real cool and I was like oh man, this is so cool and I was like yeah okay, maybe I'll think about it and then uh, they're like we got to know soon because we're going to start filming soon and all this stuff and I'm like alright cool, maybe I'll, we'll talk soon and again I just I didn't know because, again, at the time, I really wanted to try to, you know, do something with the WWE or in the future. And I didn't want something to ruin it. Mm-hmm. But, um, so finally, we started talking about contract stuff. They, they got me. We started talking about contract stuff. But I kept, like, kind of putting it off. I put it off for so long. And then, like, I want to say it was, like, a Wednesday. And we were supposed to start filming on that Thursday, like, the next day. And we're still like talking over contract stuff because I'm still so like I don't know I don't want I don't <laughs> want to be part of something that's not cool. But then I guess that night we finally figured out you know some contract stuff and we finally came to an agreement. And he was like, "All right, cool. We'll send you your flight in a little bit." And then within like ten minutes, I had a flight out there and so I had to pack up that night. And then again, like I guess the rest is history. I just I went there and I saw everything and. It just turned out to be, like, one of the coolest projects, you know, that, you know, has happened in wrestling in a long time, you know?
1: Just oh, kind of yeah. Cool and
2: edgy and different, and, and I just, it was so cool, and I was like, I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad. Again, and that's something that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do it for so long, but <laughs> it just kind of came on me, and and I guess the character that I am, the you know, the principal Puma character, Conan, he was the one that was really like, "Hey, this is the kid. This is the guy that we need for this character." Like, mm-hmm. from from what from what they were telling, like the producers, they were telling them about the character. They're like, "This kid would be great." And so, I guess they really didn't have any other like backup options for that character. Like it was like kind of me or nothing at the at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they they went with me, and I like to think I, you know. Played the character pretty well so far.
1: Yeah, he became champion. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know, they they put you over enough to to give you the title. So, uh, you know, of, of course, they obviously they well, have the enough. Well, the funny thing is, there. I don't
2: know if you know, but the funny thing is, the whole first season, I didn't win any match except for the Aztec Warfare match. And then when I won the actual championship, I yeah, it was actually actual yeah. warfare, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But before that, I didn't. I don't think I won any match. Every other match, I except for one, me and Johnny tagged against the crew, but Johnny won. He was the legal guy. And he got the pin, so I technically won. But right. other than that, I didn't. I don't think I won a match.
1: So was it good? Which is, working with Johnny Mundo.
2: Oh man, it's so cool. Like. He's like the coolest dude ever. He's so ch- like just down to earth and chill, and he's up to do anything. Like he and he can do anything because he's really good. But man, yeah, it's been a bl- it's been nothing but a blast like to work with mm-hmm.
1: him. Is there anyone in the in the federation, the promotion that kind of gives you pointers, or do you see yourself, you know, being a dozen years in the in the business now? Do you see yourself on the on the other end giving other people pointers?
2: Um, I'm always I like we have a couple of agents like Chavo and Vampiro and I, now Paul London's an agent, but like I'm always down for someone to give me any pointers, like anything I can take to try to become a little better. I'm down to, to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, sometimes like it's really weird because I still think of myself as the skinny little 15 year old long haired <laughs> crappy ricochet. Like,
1: yeah,
3: But
2: sometimes I do like find myself maybe giving someone like some pointers or something, just what I think and they're like, Yeah, you know, you make some sense and they like they take it and it's you know, it's a pretty cool feeling, like you just I don't know, it's pretty cool. I don't that's something that's really weird to me too. But that's another Mm -hmm. story I guess. But yeah, sometimes I and some people will like when I'm on an indie show, like some sometimes they will like come up and ask me, Hey, would you watch my match and give me some pointers or something? And it's That's even, like, pretty cool. Like, yeah. no asking me to watch the match because they want to know. Like, I don't know, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, it's that's great. You know, again, you know, just approaching the business from, you know, Matt, you, your boy, Matt Seidel, he's like that too. Just, you know, he, he's been in the business for, for quite some time yeah. now. And just approaching the business from just a humble standpoint, I think, You know, to me, and I've been watching wrestling, you know, for three decades now, over three decades. And, you know, and, you know, it's just to the point where just seeing wrestlers, you know, kind of go through the motions over the years and, you know, over the decades and just people just continuing to keep that. You know, there's a few people, I've interviewed dozens of people in this show the past four years. And just, you know, I can tell the ones who just are kind of going through the motions and I can really tell the ones who still... You know, appreciates the heck out of this business. You know, like for instance, Christopher yeah. Daniels. You know, he's he's in his mid forties yeah. now. He's been in this for you know twenty twenty years, and you can tell that he still loves the business. Yeah. You know, and and that I, I, love I when appreciate when I'm of it. Daniels. Yeah. I love him because he's so positive and just so
2: cool. Yeah. He's one of those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, and I, and I love that. I absolutely love that. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's my encouragement to you and you know, just to keep that humble spirit, you know, people people notice that stuff. And, you know, it's it's yeah. great to have. So what are your plans in the future? Season two of uh, Lucha Underground debuts next yeah. week. Starts next Wednesday. So what are your plans?
2: Uh man, we got some pretty cool things coming up this season. Like of course like does everyone knows that Rey Mysterio's on this season. Yep. Uh I mean, We got some pretty cool stuff for like some new characters and um of course, you know, everyone's interested in seeing if Prince Puma's gonna regain his title best. With it. Yes
1: uh, Milmuurtis.
2: <laughs> but uh man it's really cool. We did some really cool stuff and uh, I'm actually really excited. There's actually a big, big surprise this season that has to do with uh some Prince Puma. There's a big like so uh get ready for that. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, man, uh, you got to sit back and, you know, buckle up, because it's going to be a wild ride, so, uh, but man, I, I wish I could, like, talk more in depth about it, because I went to so bad, but I can't, obviously, but,
1: <laughs> right, man, it's
2: going to be pretty cool, like, it's pretty excited, like, that, you know, things turned out really well, and it caught on, and everyone really enjoyed it, Oh yeah, but uh, definitely. I think season two is going to, you know, it's going to kick right off where we left from, and... Gonna keep
1: you keep people wanting more, you know, week after week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I uh interviewed uh, Son of Havoc uh last year and uh, he put uh, also uh, one of the
2: nicest
1: guys on the planet. Oh yeah yeah, great guy. Great guy. Yeah, he's uh, another person who's been around, you know, at the business for a while for and, years, still and still just absolutely loves it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Very humble. Uh and he you know he put over uh, Lucha Underground heavily, and uh, you know it's and it's great. And, and, you know it's 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 great to see an alternative, a successful alternative televised show. You know we we mentioned yeah. Wrestling, Wrestling Society X. I watched every single episode. You know uh, back too. then of, of Wrestling Society X, and I actually liked it. I, I liked it. I, I I was actually upset that they closed it down and, and shut it down because I yeah. liked the. You know the exploding, you know tables and and things yeah. like that, and the feuds between uh, 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 Six or X Pac or uh, mm-hmm. him and Vampiro, and then uh, when Coca yeah. Vanna was Matt Classic, and then when Teddy Hart was just uh, flipping everywhere, you know, from every up angle yeah. of the building. So yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. I appreciated that type of wrestling, and so you know, like you said, we see that you know, fifteen years later, almost. You know, we see that in a different style, uh, yeah. but it's it's alternative enough because it comes with an amazing storyline, the, the theatrics, the drama, the suspense. It's it's like you know, it's a wrestling show, but it's more of a theater meets wrestling, and that's what that's what people that's what makes Lucha Underground so different than well, actually, any yeah, other type a, of show. That's the
2: thing because because Underground isn't just a wrestling show. Right, it's actually categorized as a TV drama about mm-hmm. a wrestling company. Yep. So it's actually just it's a TV drama that happens to be about a wrestling company. That's actually right. that's the technical way to describe that's what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, and it's so. successful and it's it's successful yeah. and, and we've got season two coming up. So let everybody know where you can be found.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, pretty much every social media site is King Ricochet, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or what have you. You can find me at King Ricochet. I'm always posting something, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or something. I'm always talking about something, whether it's, I don't know, cat jokes or something wrestling. I'm always <laughs> posting about something. So, yeah, follow me on those. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh pretty much all I do is because I just wrestle and I... Come home and I sit and I play video games and um, get on my social media stuff. So
1: nice, yeah. absolutely awesome. My last question to you: Who wins Super Bowl Fifty?
2: Who wins? That's, I was actually just having a conversation about this today, and we had this big long conversation, and then at the very end of it, like when it all came down to it, we were just like anybody but the Patriots. Like I don't care Amen. who it is. I don't care who it is, anybody but the Patriots, please. Because, like I said, I would like to see Fitzgerald have a ring. I would like to see um, Peyton Manning walk away with a ring, as a last ring.
1: I'd like to see mm-hmm. Ken Newton
2: have a ring. I would like to, like, just anybody but the Patriots, please.
1: Oh, man, I, I cannot agree with you more. See, my thing is I'm an AFC guy because I'm a huge Titans um, fan. So so I'm an NFC just, guy. Yeah, see, because I have the AFC uh, favoritism, I want Denver to win. You know, but yes. the thing I, is. I guess uh, I would have to
2: say I want the Panthers to win.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Because they're technically like my second team that, like, I've liked for a long time.
1: My first, uh-huh. I like, I'm like.
2: i an Eagles fan, which is horrible, I know. I'm an Eagles fan <laughs> first. Especially with Chip leaving. for a long time. Yes, I, I actually like that. But I just remember yeah. the longest time I've always kind of liked the Panthers too. I've always kind of liked the Panthers. Uh-huh. But um, I think it was the colors. I think I've always liked the colors since gotcha. I was young, or since they started using the colors.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: The the funny that, thing about that is that uh, Chip Kelly, you know, a lot of people are happy that he's leaving, you know, Philly. But uh, you know, there's talks of him actually going to Tennessee as as a coach, and so. No, I don't
2: know. I don't feel. Uh, about I think that. he just got signed at the 49ers, I think.
1: Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, it was uh, San Francisco that he just got signed to, but as soon as he got as soon as he got let go like the same day, cuz I always I mean, I love, love sports, I write for Sports Illustrated. <laughs> yeah, I love sports and so yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things that I always get alerts on my phone and, and like within yeah. a couple of hours of him being released from Philly there were uh, there was an article that came out of you know Tennessee now talking with <laughs> Chip Kelly and I wish we would have got Mariota. Nah, yeah, you know this. My thing is, it's like, I, of course I didn't want Wisenhunt because he didn't, you know, he stunk up the place. Yeah. And so I wanted a different coach, but I I didn't want I, I didn't want Chip Kelly. I, I really I want I want Gruden. I want Gruden to come back. I want Gruden to get off, yeah. get off his couch. And get back into the field. I really want Gruden.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess I guess I really didn't know who I wanted. Mm-hmm. I guess I was, I just really didn't want Chip Kelly to mess up the team anymore.
1: Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it wasn't
2: the same silly. It wasn't the same silly offense. It wasn't like it wasn't the same at all.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, we shall see. We shall see you win Super Bowl uh, fifty. You know, you, you're you going for the Panthers. So I'm going for the Broncos. Uh, maybe we'll text each other and uh, kind of brag yeah. and see whoever, uh, whoever yeah, maybe wins. Maybe it be at the so,
2: Panthers-Broncos uh, Super Bowl.
1: There you go. Absolutely. And also, everybody um, who is listening right now, just be sure to tune in. Season 2 of Lucha Underground debuts next week on what network?
2: The L.A.
1: Yes, sir. Greatly appreciate you, sir, and uh, you have a great evening. I really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Bring
0: what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three are mine. Let's go. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We've taken this year You know who we are But you don't know why we're here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living God Get out the big boys' way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cut the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix Frizzle, pinning them to the man And I'm Dash Wundekin, with the strength of a hundred men, with one intent, to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap out your gas and your rags torture, white coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. <laughs> From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense in Alabama. We jammin'. That's beautiful. Bobby and me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance now. Nah, so the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You are talking sheep. You all what you speak. This tooth number is took back. We wrappin' that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trust in God, we trust pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people must that. Stampin' out this crook rap. He on in the power we're on, on the razor's edge. Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out, this war group brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. youth crew. I'm in the Baptist with a bat in my hand and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme it's that easy. We tag teaming. Thunder brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. The, of the
1: champions. <laughs> This is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Episode 199, ladies and gentlemen. Who better to have it with Prince Puma, aka Ricochet, former Lucha Underground champion? Of course, we had Mac in the schedule, some scheduling conflicts. Him and I talked uh, uh, today to get a future date uh, set, and we'll let you know about that, of course. Next week, we got some amazing, amazing stuff planned for episode 200. We will let you know. Be sure to follow at Crave Wrestling to stay tuned about announcements this week between now and next week, uh, 200th episode. Be sure to stay tuned at Crave Wrestling for announcements. So I'm, I'm just excited about what's going on and what we have in store for episode 200. But as far as tonight is concerned, what an amazing interview by Ricochet, also known as Prince Puma from Lucha Underground. Great guy, humble guy, and I I can appreciate the heck out of that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, this guy is just absolutely amazing and and just a wonderful person, a wonderful uh, uh, addition uh, to the Lucha Underground and, and just a really good story. Uh, about the the Lucha Underground. Uh, So, yeah, Derek, he he was uh, absolutely awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited about uh, what Lucha Underground has for him.
3: This is one of the interviews. I mean, it was just absolutely – you can't fake this, ladies and gentlemen. Pancakes and Power Slams. We're in the midst of a new generation of absolutely amazing interviews commentary, everything we've got, and I mean, this guy, Magnus Ricochet, again, he just put us on the map to let us know that this is what wrestling is, and one of the best interviews, he's just so humble, knowledgeable, I mean, you just can't get over the fact that he was on our show, everybody was listening, we're a wrestling nation, I mean, Lucha Underground. One it's probably some of the best wrestling you've ever seen. WWE cannot yes. compete with it. TNA obviously is a joke, so I mean, let's continue on, and this guy, it was an honor to have him on our show. Absolutely a fact.
1: Yeah, speaking of TNA, real quick. <laughs> oh, man. TNA. So, uh, Derek and I, we we usually, I mean, we have you know, occasional lunch and, and or dinner, and we you know, we usually um, converse uh, with each other about the show um, throughout the week through text. Uh, just going going over some ideas and formatting, and so we we actually got a chance to meet up today, and uh, we watched TNA. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, as a journalist, I I still watch TNA strictly for the factor of you know, watching wrestling and I just love wrestling and I write about wrestling and I get paid to do so. And so, yeah, speaking of that, um, an amazing, some amazing opportunities, even more amazing opportunities that I'm going to announce uh, to you all uh, coming up here. But, uh, so basically you, you, you push, uh, um, relatively young, um, up-and-coming. You know, we people don't really know him as Derek Bateman. He really didn't do much in NXT, WWE NXT, when he was Derek Bateman. He, he didn't go far at all. But so you rebuild him as EC3. You bring him to TNA. You make him a star. You make him a main event star. And so basically to get this pop TV audience to – gain the arousal of the TNA fans that you have. We were just watching discussed as Matt Hardy turned against his fans and became the two-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion. One, why in the world would you have a tournament tournament Just to make EC3 champ again when he could have just had it in the first place. And two, what? I mean, here's the thing. I desire to have Matt Hardy on my show, okay? But why in the world would you try to develop a company with a heel Matt Hardy? Now, his heel run, and, you know, and, and Ring of Honor was actually pretty good when he was with Scum. But, uh, you know, Man Hardy's, you know, uh, he, he's approaching his mid-40s. And he's he's to the point now where, you know, <sighs> carrying a company as a heel with Tyrus, bad idea. Just a bad idea for TNA to have. And just a bad idea to gain viewers. Here's here's the problem. Here's the problem with wrestling. Period. And this is one of the problems I see with TNA. So TNA, there's companies that that, that there's companies that are innovative enough to gain viewers because they have people saying, oh, watch this." Two companies that come in mind initially are Lucha Underground and Ring of Honor. Then you have the other two televised companies, WWE and TNA, which spend too much time on saying, okay, we have these many viewers. Let's make sure to cater to these many viewers. That's where the problem comes because you're not gaining more viewers. And in fact, as you look at WWE's numbers, you're actually losing them. Well, TNA's too. You're losing viewers. That doesn't help when you're trying to cater to your viewers and you're losing them because you're you're developing product that's not exciting or suspenseful. There's nothing exciting about a double turn. Well maybe the fact of E C three possibly becoming a babyface. I I mean, I don't know if his character is developed enough to become babyface, but it is I mean that is that is the only glimpse of interest that I had from that. Matt Hardy is ten a world champion. Respectfully, will not put butts in seats, other than the ones they have in the seats right now, and I think some of them actually got up out of their seat when they found that out. But who really cares about a, a Matt Hardy heel turn and in, in world championship reign right now, Derek?
3: Oh goodness, and it's just a thing that. It, it, just, kind of came out of nowhere. And it was like before the show, I mean, Tyrus was going off about uh, Jeff Hardy said that he was stupid and didn't know how to read or write. And, and Matt Hardy was there in the ring with him. And even Jeff Hardy kind of disrespected Matt a little bit. But they seemed to be okay with that. And so, But at the end of the show, Tyrus comes out and saves Matt Hardy, and everything's okay and kosher between the two. So where does that put Matt and Jeff? And, again, why is Matt Hardy, again, a TNA Champion, I it doesn't. This is why TNA is in the tubes. I asked exactly what you said. There's no reason. I mean, this booking is absolutely ridiculous. And you've got a new start TNA. This is a new start for you.
1: Yeah. But exactly. But you're the same TNA. The yeah, same exactly.
3: show that we saw three, four, five years ago, and it, <laughs> yeah. it stunk then, and it stinks now.
1: Same show, different network. Exactly right. So, I had the pleasure to attend Raw Live uh, last night, uh, or Monday night, rather. And so, Derek, skim through, you know, go through the uh, the, the evening and, and all the matches, and uh, I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll give some commentary on it, and I'll give some live commentary on it, and then we'll uh, we'll go into the flavor of the week, just really quick the both predictions of uh, who the surprise entrance may be and then we'll go to the uh, the predictions for Royal Rumble. So what happened on Raw, Derek?
3: Uh, what happened on Raw? I mean, Columbus, Ohio, that's great, hometown. Roman Reigns starts my night off, and it's, uh comes down to the crowd, and we've seen that a million times. And then all of a sudden, Y2J comes out, of all people, Y2J comes out. And uh, him and Roman are kind of friends and buddies. If I don't remember, it was a A few pay-per-views ago, it was Ambrose and Roman teamed up with Y2J, and Y2J lost a match for him. So all of a sudden, you know, they had that chip on the shoulder, and now they're buddies. Anyway, I guess that's swept under the rug. League of Nations comes out, stirs up a little bit. Not a whole lot comes out, but then again, all of a sudden, Y2J, he can uh, deem a match, Rusev against Roman Reigns. And uh, Y2J can name himself the uh, special guest referee. And uh, he was jumping around having fun doing cartwheels. I mean, for uh, Y2J, the cartwheels are absolutely horrible. I can do an amazing cartwheel. I'll show you later. And the uh, rest of Pancakes and Power Slants and see the best cartwheel in the world from me. After that, yeah, we got Bree and Natalia. It was kind of a squash match. I mean, it was Natalia's debut back after being gone for a while.
1: I mean, Bree was just
3: absolutely taken advantage of and just, Disgusted and discarded, so again, not too much of a Divas match there. Dudleys and Ryback against the Wyatt family. The Wyatt family, again, decimated Dudleys and Ryback. The thing with the Dudleys is they haven't really been that relevant. Okay, on SmackDown, they might win a match or two. But for the most part, their comeback has just been an absolute turmoil. Absolute disgrace. doesn't remind me of Dudleyville when the Wyatt family goes and Dudleyville just doesn't really make much sense anymore. So, I mean, why why keep making this relevant? But again, I guess it pushes the White family, even though there's not a whole lot to say there. Big Show and Heath Slater. Big Show wins. Another kind of a squash match trying to push the social media around. Uh, with that right there, it was great, but now it's starting to get kind of silly and kind of redundant. Not a huge fan of it this week. Maybe next week. They just really need to start building their stars a little better, making better skits and promos. The guys have talent. They can make a really good comedy sketch out of this, kind of like How the New Day, kind of uh, one fans over with their comedy routines. Vince McMahon, Stephanie Drell, Roman Reigns is the first entrant to the Royal Rumble. The segment itself, I thought was that it was stupid. i I don't understand the point of it. He couldn't open the capsules, and he, he would throw them down, throw them back in. He drew Roman's reigns named three times. Uh, what are you trying to accomplish there, Vince? It, it was kind of a wasted spot. You could have had a, a meaningful match, but instead you just kind of throw stupid with stupid and didn't make a whole lot of sense there. Ambrose and Kalista lost to Alberto and Sheamus, uh, almost kind of building up to uh, the Sheamus and uh Amber's feud going on, or I'm sorry, the uh, Alberto and Callisto. Callisto won it on a fluke. I don't really think that it WWE really meant it to mean much. So I'm pretty sure Alberto Rhea is going to win. We're going to have the Royal Rumble updates here coming soon, as far as what our predictions are. Then we have Uso against Big E. Big E wins. Usos are so irrelevant now. I'm just. I don't really want to. See a whole lot of them. I mean, they're boring. Do something to really uh, overrun, kind of make them look better than what they have because they're just kind of a shame and a sham. Boring. You need to go away from the rituals and, I don't know, wear kilts or something. Just to make yourself a little more fun. Ascension, Stardust, Breeze, Mark Henry, Titus, Neville, and Truth. A decent match, I guess. I mean, really, again, there wasn't much point to it. It's just kind of a filler. But that's, again, the highlight reel, Y2J. Heyman comes out. And uh, Lesnar's out. Then Reigns, League of Nations, it's There's a whole cluster of things going on in this. Again, the build up to Royal Rumble, which I'm kind of conceiving to be one of the best pay-per-views of 2016 so far, that's not saying a lot because this is January. However, the Raw leading up to it, the go-home show of Raw, it, 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 to me it was maybe a C-plus, a C-minus. I'm more thinking that the Royal Rumble itself is just going to be full of surprises. I'm still confident in the fact that it is going to be amazing. And I just, I'm just i not going to fall from that. We'll find out when we talk next Tuesday. However, uh, Super Bowl predictions, the Cardinals against the Patriots, Patriots will probably win.
1: Back to you, Chris. Yuck! No, no Patriots, no Patriots at all. So trivia question: Here's the thing. Three part trivia question right now. We're going to celebrate the Royal Rumble runner ups. There's a tongue twister for you. So the runner up, who was the runner up in 1988? Who was the runner up in? 2002, and who was the runner-up in 2011? All right, 1988, 2002, and 2011. We're going to play runner-up trivia today. There's the three part for, for the first trivia question. The three runner-ups for, for eighty-eight, two 2002, and 2011. So I was there, I was there uh, at Raw. Um there's been a lot of reports of the crowd being dead. Now, I didn't I didn't notice that. I actually I thought the crowd was actually pretty fun. Uh the past I would say year or so, probably 2 years, Columbus has been more of a smarky crowd, <clears throat> but You know, it it was very, Columbus, uh, the Columbus crowd was very pro-reigns, which was uh, a bit surprising, but very pro-reigns. I think the deadness uh, with the Lesnar ovations was was a little flat, but Columbus
3: just
1: isn't really a uh, city, so to speak, although I did buy a shirt uh, as a collector's item. But, yeah, I mean, it was okay. Interesting uh, take by Jericho. He just walks right out the ring. I did re- I broke a story last week about uh, uh, some information that was received uh, on my phone that uh, could uh, be planting the seeds for a Jericho heel turn. Uh, also, uh, I wrote that on uh, PW Mania and, of course, uh we are wrestling w w w is also covered um with my credit on wrestlezone.com so yeah it, it it was pretty interesting so we'll see you know we may be seeing a, a Jericho Hill turn a, a possible feud with with um, Dean Ambrose which you know it would be very interesting there so but it was uh um pretty interesting i I liked it i I didn't have a problem with uh, raw I actually enjoyed myself um another teaser that i also reported um that uh, i also reported through some through, through the, just about the same sites uh, we saw that Lesnar and Wyatt may be starting a program of course that was been that's been talked about for uh weeks really a couple of months now. And uh, it's very interesting. So yeah, One Man Gang '88, 2002 was Kurt Angle, and 2011 was <laughs> one of my favorite uh, runner-ups, and <laughs> Santino Morala. Next, next uh, three uh, pack of runner-ups: 1991, 1997, 2013, 1991. 1997 and 2013. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was a, I think it was a great raw. I enjoy, I I, think it's one of those things that just being there, you know, amongst just a live crowd just kind of skewed my critique of it. If I would have probably watched it at home and it, it would have been a different city, I think probably my, I think probably my take on it would have been basically the same as a lot of the other people, but I didn't get a chance to watch it, you know, uh, over um, outside of me being there live. But I'm sure that if I would have, you know, if I would watch it over, it'd, it'd probably have the same type of feel as what a lot of other people saying as far as it being dead. So I can't see how dead it is because I'm not, I'm not outside of the arena. There's a lot of, chairs, there's a lot of chants, there's a lot of talking in the arena. So it wasn't just a flat crowd. There were some cheers and there were some boos, So wasn't very bad to me. Decent uh decent go home show to, to Raw, because the thing is it kind of set the table for a couple of feuds. You know, Jericho walks out and especially you know the Wyatt family with Lesnar, you know, laying them out. And I know they just kind of wanted to make the wide family be important, you know, members of the Royal Rumble. But it's, I mean, it, it, that's a, as much as a tease that you can get, you know, for them to, to kind of lay out, well, not really kind of, they did lay out Brock Lesnar. So that's a very humbling thing for Brock Lesnar, which we really don't see much at all. So I, I was okay with it. And, um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. So, again, 1991 – 1997 and 2013. 91, 97, 2013. Flavor of the week, let's go. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, so every year, basically, the Royal Rumble gives us some very great surprises. Um, some not so great. Some just meh. Some you just kind of sit there and say, this person really could have had a spot filled by somewhere. I think it was one year that Jimmy Wang Yang was one of the uh, surprise entrants. and I just really sat there and said, are you are you are you kidding me now? You basically, I mean, again, no disrespect for Jimmy to Jimmy Wang Yang, but Jimmy Wang Yang was not a legend in anybody's federation. Why in the world will I be excited about Jimmy Wang Yang coming to the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant? So, eh, the Godfather came a few years back. That was decent. Uh, I think probably eleven was was the was the most awesomest <laughs> um, surprise entrance when they had both Booker T and Kevin Nash uh, in the same Royal Rumble. That was absolutely amazing, and that was two mark out moments. And of course, thirteen when when Chris Jericho came back. But there, think about what three people. You can even say three people who you would like to be surprise entrants. What three people do you think would be surprise entrants in the Royal Rumble this year?
3: Uh, The Royal Rumble this year, obviously, I mean, everyone's been talking about A.J. Styles coming in, uh, members of the Bullet Club. I mean, that would be absolutely phenomenal. Are you kidding me? That would be great. Uh, I... There's been rumblings. I did. It won't happen. They said Shawn Michaels, but uh, yeah, again, that's a fantasy. But honestly, just to see AJ Styles in the WWE, are you kidding me? That would be absolutely mind blowing, and it's it's kind of a fantasy that we've all had for a while. I think for the, you know since AJ Styles been around, I mean this guy is one of those phenomenal athletes, and uh, to be in WWE, he's almost like an an anomaly, like Sting. I mean he's you know, been around different territories, and, you know, big TNA, ROH, finally going to get his due in WWE, and he's still in, you know, prime condition, so, I mean, that's it, you know, Nakamura, I mean, just, there's some, that would be, again, and it's kind of a shame, honestly, to talk about it on the internet, how a... kind of they talk about it and they kind of blew the top on it i mean it filled us with surprise that's to me that would have been absolutely the icing on the cake but now that we know about it and we can think about it and speculate it i mean again to me that's just absolutely phenomenal see aj styles in the wwe i mean that's just got to be a saving grace for him and i mean it's absolutely it's his due and so that's great so i mean that's all i'm about i'm excited i am actually so excited for the royal rumble it's amazing I haven't felt I that think way since I was
1: twelve years old. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I I really think it's gonna be cool. I, I think it's gonna be great. I don't see AJ. I don't see AJ coming. He, he may, but there's reports that uh, he may. He may wait until Monday uh, on Raw because he uh, kind of leaked it and, and you know was in the uh, event at the UK. So. But you know, that that just may be a swerve of you know, AJ may come. And I and I've said this many times. I, I just don't want AJ or just really any member of the Bullet Club to come in the Royal Rumble unless they just obliterate everybody who's in the ring at the at the particular time and just walk out. That's that's the best thing that I, I think. As far as my three that I can think of that I would desire real quick. Another trivia question, uh, 2000, 1995 and 2006, 2000, 1995 and 2006 runner ups. All right. So I think it's okay. So I'm still going to go with AJ, even though, He was he was scheduled to be a surprise, and then they're pushing it back because people know about it. I still think it's a swerve. I still think we'll get AJ. That that's going to be my first surprise. Nakamura. I don't think people would know him enough. I think an NXT run would be good for Nakamura because, you know, of course I'm a huge Japan, you know, Japanese wrestling fan, but there's not a lot of people. I, I would just say only a fraction of people are actually new Japan fans that watch WWE. So him being him being an, an entrant wouldn't really help his character too much. So I'm gonna go with AJ. Of course, you got a blast from the past. I'm gonna go somebody like Duggan, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan would be. Uh, <laughs> he would be my uh, surprise entrance. So you you have you have AJ. You have Duggan. And you have, um, hmm, who do you bring back? There has to be a very interesting signing that you bring back. Um, Vader? That can still wrestle. Uh, Vader would be interesting, but I'm not very interested in, in Vader. How about this? You ready? Scott Steiner. You bring uh, back wow. Scott Steiner. Yeah. So AJ Styles, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Scott Steiner are my three are my three picks for surprise interests. So uh <laughs> uh someone just asked what's the final trivia question. Uh the year two thousand, uh, the year nineteen ninety five, and the year two thousand and six. Those are the, those that's the uh, final trivia question for tonight. Um <clears throat> Yeah, you make show two thousand, Bulldog ninety five, and Orton two thousand and six. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. All right, real quick, let's go to uh the trivia the, the, the Royal Rumble predictions. Uh very interested about the Royal Rumble predictions. And so right now on the the, the card you have uh a few title matches that were uh and let's just really real quick, let's just uh go through all of the uh rumble card real quick and then we'll have the predictions and we'll be uh all set uh for, for mania. So let's start off with let's start off with uh the New Day versus the USOs for the tag titles. Who wins? Uh
3: New Day, obviously.
1: Hmm. Okay, we got to be quick. Huh? Uh, Usos. I'm gonna go Usos. I want New Day to win, but Usos. Charlotte and Becky Lynch.
3: Becky Lynch.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Charlotte. I think we'll still get. Uh, I think there's still a little bit more juice in this to to, to squeeze out. Del Rio and Kalisto. Uh, Del is gonna win that one. I agree, Del Rio. You know, this is kind of like an unofficial night of champions because all of these matches outside of the Royal Rumble, or including the Royal Rumble, are for championship matches. So this is like the—they're not plugging it that way, but this is the same as this is actually better than night of champions because literally all these, all of the matches are for title so far, uh, as of night. Of, you know, as opposed to night of champions, there's like usually one or two matches that aren't for a title. Ambrose and Owens.
3: I almost
1: think Owens might win this one. I'm going to go Ambrose. I think I, I think we got uh, some some a feud coming up, and I think he'll go into WrestleMania as Intercontinental Champion, and, and then finally, who wins the Royal Rumble match? Who becomes WWE or who retains the WWE World Heavyweight Championship? Derek.
3: I think Brock Lesnar is going to win, and there'll Brock be a Lesnar. three-way. Against Reigns and Wyatt.
1: Huh. Interesting. Les- okay. At
0: WrestleMania.
1: Lesnar wins. My pick
0: is the game,
1: Triple H. He will be coming. Check out my article on Real, Real Wrestling, com, about Triple H. It's called, What's the Big Problem with Triple H Being a World Heavyweight Champion? I gave some stats on that, that are pretty pretty interesting he hasn't been WWE champion in seven years and he wasn't world. He hasn't been world heavyweight champion in in 11 years. So of course the world heavyweight championship is no longer, but I mean, it's been a seven, it's been seven years since he's been champion. So, you know, all the bear, the, the bearing can go aside just a little bit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much Prince Puma and Ricochet for an amazing, amazing interview. Thank you all. The, Listeners who continue to support us, you enjoy the Royal Rumble. We'll be next. We'll be back next week to talk some Super Bowl and some Royal Rumble as well. Two hundred episode next week. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Have a good night. Enjoy the Rumble. Bye bye.